When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We start today with the greatest win in Chicago Bears history in the regular season in game two of the year that I can perhaps ever remember. Bears 16, Broncos 14. Ethan Blumenthal, good to see you. Eddie Pinheiro from 40 yards in the second quarter, from 52 yards in the second quarter, and then from 53 with one second to go. Bears win, and they're 1-1. One one. If you start 0-2, you have an 11% chance to make the playoffs. That would suck when you're trying to win the world, the uh, Super Bowl. And so now it would be even harder if you were trying to win the World Series. It would yeah. be even harder, right. You're exactly right. Uh, this, would, this was a big moment in sports history time. Yeah, it was. Uh, he uh, he he walked up there and uh, he kicked the shit out of that football. And um, he's a savior. So Eddie Pinheiro is a hero right now. If he misses a couple kicks next week against the Redskins, perhaps he will. You know that that narrative could change. Oh like, yeah, inst- that's instantly. The, yeah, it's the life of a kicker. Tough life, right? It is. Like you, you got your job security is basically one week. Kick well, well this week. We love you. You don't. Uh, there's got to be somebody else out there. If I could just go on the record and say that I think kicking and football is stupid altogether, and they should just completely outlaw all forms of kicking, punting, kicks off, kickoffs, field goals. But think about what you would have missed yesterday if you had that. Uh, well, then the whole game would have been played differently. And maybe you know the Bears might have, you know try to score another touchdown at some point. Could have been interesting. Uh, sure, sure. I, I do think the important thing to focus on is what Eddie Pinheiro is focusing on, mm-hmm. and that is that this kick came from the heavens. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing I could say is, I mean if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you better start because he's real, and that's like the biggest on, on that. That's the biggest thing I can say. If you don't believe. Let me hear that again. Let me just, I get it one more time. Do it, do it. One more time. I mean, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you better start because he's real. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you better start because he's real. This that, is a, this is this is this is this is tough for that us. Begs, uh, that begs the question, Carm, what's a Jew to do? What is a Jew to do? Yeah. We we think that Jesus was a sweet dude. We think he was awesome. We think he had great morals and we think that he was uh, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, the man without going into full Jewish history. Yeah. But you know, we 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 don't we don't but The savior, the guy who's going to help us kick field goals? Right. No. You uh, know what? Every time I've ever kicked a field goal, I've been doing it by myself. Without Jesus by my side, I mean, guiding my leg. This is, uh, I, but I mean, the Bears last year eliminated in the playoffs, yeah. and, and and everything, everything about yesterday was going to be a loss too. And and now he's he. So you trying to you trying to turn me? You trying to turn the the, well, the the twelve the fifteen years of Jewish day school, all the years of going to synagogue. We got the high holidays coming up on on, on this day of days. You want we you starting to lean the other way? Well, let, let's let's go into it. I mean, here, listen to this cut. I mean, he he he, said, he was asking the Almighty for it. I've been practicing, you know, my whole life for this and all the stuff that I've been through. Like, I was praying, God, give me this shot. Give me this shot to win the game. And thank God it happened. So He was on the sideline praying. He was asking in his mind, Jesus, please let me have this. Please let me have this. And it shouldn't have happened. Game should have been over. 
I mean, Mitchell Trubisky completes a 25-yard pass. If, if Chris Harris Jr. doesn't touch the Bears receiver, game's over. But somehow, some way, it's like God almost touched Chris Harris Jr. down in, and, and then the referees were like, "What do we do? Well, let's put one second on the clock." And not to mention, not to mention the refing the passer call that made right. that all possible, which we all agree was ridiculous. Now there was a ridiculous one on the other end too. Um, but uh, yeah, all of those things. So you're right. So 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 we're starting to turn. So you hear on the podcast, you heard it here first. Two Jews starting to lean the other way. Is I mean, that what's going on here? Well, I, I don't know if we're quite all the way there, but here, yeah. let, let me play one more cut. I mean, uh, this is more of this prayer thing. You know, running out to that kick, just doing some drive swings and hitting some balls into the net and then setting a prayer and then just leaving it in his hands. And if it's meant to happen, it's meant to happen. So He sent the prayer. He left it in his hands. Meant to happen, meant to happen, and, and bang. Yeah. And so now, I mean... We're, I, I'm, I'm actually worried that we're talking about this podcast right now that something bad's going to happen to us walking out of here. I, I understand. And, I'm, you know, we got the high holidays. Rosh Hashanah is coming up, Carm. Okay, a couple weeks from now, what are we going to do? We walk into synagogue. Right. How, how, what are, how are we going to look at our, at, our, at our fellow peers in the eyes, yeah, our fellow I, Jews? Right. And those are my two favorite ho- Jewish holidays, too. I love, yeah. I love Rosh Hashanah, and I, and I love Yom Kippur. Yeah. People are reacting on Twitter to this, Ethan. They were, to the Jesus Christ, Mark? Yes, yes. At Dan Wiederer from the Chicago Tribune, who covers the Bears, his tweet, faith-fueled kicker Eddie Pinheiro was asked to describe his adrenaline rush of making the game winner. Quote, the biggest thing I can say is if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you better start because he's real. Now that, at, at this point of podcast talking, 36 retweets, 292 likes. This is the day after. So here we go down the list here. At Poetic sports fan. So if he missed, Jesus wouldn't be real. At C. Roan Bender. If he makes kicks like that regularly, he could annoy me with that sort of stuff all he wants. These people are annoyed by this mm-hmm. thing, but they don't like it. And then there's other people. Sean W. McConnell. He's giving his glory to God. God does not want the Bears to win or lose, but he does want those who have been given the opportunity to glorify him. So, because a lot of people do say that, like, do the Bears really want, did God want the Bears to beat the Broncos? That, right. that doesn't make sense. Because there's people that, people on the, the Broncos fans, you know, they, they're, I'm sure there's some Jesus Christ believers there too. Yeah. So Jesus, well, you know, why didn't Jesus just steer the, steer the kick right for them? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of questions on the table here, Clark. Right. Can't be good tweeting. Maybe Parky was Mormon because God hates kickers from, that are Mormon. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a lot to unpack here. Is there, is there more to that? Uh, is, is there more Mormons that, uh, that we know of? Uh, Not that Cody Parkey is actually a Mormon. But. Yeah, we're right. And that's the other thing. Like, yeah. the, the next tweet is Cody Parkey believed in Jesus Christ, and look where he is now. Yeah. I mean, where is Cody Parkey I mean, now? Not in the NFL. So I'm at the, uh, he's, he's serving out those Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Maybe. Which is a delicious choice. <laughs> I, I love that choice. There's a thing going on here. Athletes love when they score touchdowns. They love to pray to the Almighty, and then they love to. But when they get tripped up in the backfield, it's never Jesus who tripped them up in the backfield. Right. You know. Right. Right. So, I don't know. It's hard hard for me to say. Um, I think you know, as a, as as obviously you know, two Jews in a podcast two here. Two Jews in a pod. Um, we. Um, I mean, I'm I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay with my. Say the way I've been going, you know, the past 27 years. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep on that, on that track. Uh, matzo ball soup, you know, coming up here. So good, a good, a good brisket. It's um, delicious. All, all of these things. Gefilte fish. Are you gefilte fish fan? I love gefilte fish. I mean, we, I love it. You got to get the, uh, yeah. the uh, what's it the called? Horseradish. The, on yeah, top. the horseradish. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. You have to. Not the horosis. That's the. Uh, that's that's the, the that's that's for, that's on Passover that's and the, that's a, the apple. A, yeah. Apples of the nuts. Yeah. Not halitosis, horosis, yeah. but it could give you halitosis <laughs> if you eat a lot of horosis. Well done, sir. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, so you're staying on the path. To my father, I can hear him in my head right now. 
don't you go on the to your to the on the mark podcast. That is his religion, and show him respect. And I, and I think that's a very valid take by Papa Fred. Sure, yeah. But you know, when I watch a guy score a touchdown and immediately, or a post game interview, mm-hmm. and they feel because they're on this platform and making all that money that they were touched by the Almighty. It, you, they see everybody. That's how I see it. They see everybody else out there is living the regular life, doing podcasts and whatever else they're doing, and and here they are doing this, and they they feel like they've been now. Them, do you ever blessed. do you ever walk away from the podcast thinking, man, that was a killer podcast? I was touched by God on that podcast I've, because I, I, otherwise I wouldn't have been able to perform so well. Honestly, I've never done that, but maybe I should. Like, just like, take it. Think think about it. Who we we are so for real. We are so incredibly fortunate to be mm-hmm. sitting here doing this or doing anything and yeah. just have, having the day, man. It's think, true. Of, think about what else could be going on. This is this is a huge win. Maybe Absolutely. We, I think that might be the lesson from that I'm going to take from Eddie Pinheiro. I didn't know this was where this was going to go in the conversation, but maybe it's just that you know what. Let's 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 actually feel let's feel the joy of every day, no matter what you're doing. How's that? Yeah, if I, I can, with that. if I can, if I can steer this, uh, you know, for a good reason, I believe that Jesus Christ is not a Bears fan because if Jesus <laughs> Christ was a Bears fan, let me tell you something, he would not have had the Bears trade up from the third pick to his number two no, pick to draft Mitch Trubisky that's over true. Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. So, I mean, I think, right, I mean, there's no way Jesus would do that to Bears fans. Right. If he truly wanted the Bears to right. win, he wouldn't have done that. You're and if, and then that's the case. If Patrick Mahomes is on the Bears right now, who cares? They don't even have to have a kicker, right? They don't ever have to kick the ball because their defense is so good. Patrick Mahomes is leading an offense um, instead of going six, 16 points a game. You know, they're, they're, Patrick Mahomes, by the way, you know, he scored, he threw four touchdowns in the second quarter yesterday against the Raiders. Yeah, that was 287 yeah. odd yards, yeah. and, and just the guy's preposterous. Yeah. Uh, he's like a combination of, of Dan Marino and, and a quarterback that can run, pick yeah. anyone that you want. Uh, all right. If we're going to go into Mitch, yeah. Mitchell, Trubisky, Trubinsky, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that we actually come up with the name for Mitch Trubisky at this point. Like I did Bears post game with Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich and Glenn Kozlowski, and Koz was calling him Stink Bisky, mm-hmm. Stink Isky. And I think that's brilliant. And then I go back in time. When he got, when he got to the Bears, I said, look, because there was a big conversation, Mitch or Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Mitch is the dude that's at your frat party. Mm-hmm. Mitch gets hammered. Mitch shows up in flip-flops and plays golf at one in the afternoon on a Sunday and after drinking all night. That's mm-hmm. Mitch. Okay. Mitchell is your accountant. Okay. Mitchell is your lawyer. Mm-hmm. Mitchell is a guy you can trust. So he was, he was Mitchell was staying up studying all night while Mitch was out partying. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Mitchell was getting his stuff done right. while Mitch was being a total clown. Yeah. So and at the time Trubisky was asked, what do you want to be called, Mitch or Mitchell? I, and he said, I don't care, because he does not know how to think for himself, mm. by the way, that, which is being proven yeah. out over and over and over again. The guy's flat out is just perhaps not that bright. I hate to be... Well, maybe he's, so he's somewhere between Mitch and Mitchell, and that's that in-between path where he really has no idea. Right. He doesn't have an identity. Yeah, he's sitting. Yeah. It's a great one. He's yeah. sitting on the fence on his name and who mm-hmm. he is and how to play quarterback. Mm-hmm. He, doesn't, he still hasn't picked a lane. Right. And so his mother called him Mitchell. So he's like, well, my mom calls me Mitchell. Well, yeah, man, go with your mother. That's a that's that's a nice, you know. It's always a good safe bet, fallback, just whatever your mother said, do that. Sure, but then if you want to be like the contrarian, I ain't following mom, and I'm the wild kid, more 
Jim McMahon, Jay Cutler-esque, if you will, in Bears mm-hmm. quarterback history, not Kyle Orton or Rex Grossman-ish, then, then, then you know, let the hair flow out, Mitchell. I mean, what, Mitch. Was, was Rex Grossman Jewish? Grossman was not a Jew. No? Not, sounds like a Jew. <laughs> I mean, he was, you know, he was, he was, a, he was a short quarterback. Grossman. Looks like a Jew. Rex, you know. M-A-N is a big thing with key with a Jew. Yeah. Like Mark Carman. Oh, yeah. M-A-N. Uh, you know, you throw in an E there. I'm not Jewish, but M-A-N. Rex Grossman, Jewish. I'm doing Let's, quick. This is, this is the important things that we're going to find out on the podcast. Rex Grossman, Jew or not Jew. Rex Grossman, you can lead your team to one of the best records in the league and steal their weekly cries of how you're a bad quarterback. Uh, verdict, he's not a Jew. That's from JewOrNotJew.com, and which is really a website, by the way. Well, yeah, of course it is. Um, so <laughs> I think maybe it's fair to say that if Grossman was a Jew, maybe the Bears would have won the Super Bowl in well, maybe, maybe, maybe. So I, I, don't, I don't know if I would actually go that far. But I, yeah, I know we needed that a little extra push. So. Yeah, we. I yeah. think well, right. But I, I always prefer a non-Jew when I get to my athletic endeavors. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I need non-Jews okay. to right. playing for me. You okay. know, let the Jew call the game. Okay, you know, Jewish announcer, great guy. Uh-huh. Jewish athlete. Mm. You know, all right, shots, I mean, shots fired at both of our tennis games right now. Right. You know, well, yeah, we've talked about tennis on the podcast, and now you're just now you're just right. Well, throwing us right. throwing us both under the uh, I mean under, I, under the bus. I, I like Diego Schwartzman, but he loses to Roger Federer every time. Yeah. He you lost know, to Rafa Nadal. Yeah, he lost yeah. to Rafa yeah. Nadal every yeah. time. But Diego said nice career. Okay, so I, I, what do you think we should call him? I mean, here's the thing. I don't think Stink Biscuit is going to sh- sell us many T-shirts. You don't think so? I mean, would you buy a Stink Biscuit T-shirt? I might. You might. What would be the graphic? Um, I think I think the look question. of panic. I think the look the look of panic when the when the pocket closes in. I think that's a good you know whatever whatever face. I think he was making that face that last throw that he made where he's the pocket's closing in and he's like oh shit Did you know this is where I could have used a few more prayers okay um, because now he's, and then he then he escapes out of the pocket and now he's feeling free now he finds a wide open guy down the field. Did you like the bomb down the sidelines with about two minutes to go that was ten yards wide right? <laughs> I mean, you mean the one that was out of bounds, yeah. like by like yeah. thirty feet? Yeah, yeah you're, you're, um, I did like that, and that was that one. You, you know, it's not a good pass when you have to wonder: was he trying to throw that ball away, or was he actually believing that somehow that ball could have been in bounds and, and caught? He definitely was not <laughs> trying to throw that away. That's he, the, if I was throwing a bomb. That's what it would look like 50% of the time if a guy's running down the sentence. I'd, I'd leave it 10 yards yeah. wide right that only the cheerleader could catch. Your if, I, if I could say, say one thing, though, for Trubisky is that I watched a little bit of the Packers and the uh, Minnesota game beforehand, and Kirk Cousins did not look very good either. He was, he was, uh, he was Mitch Trubisky-esque. Okay. So, so that just makes people feel better that the point is there's a lot of bad quarterbacks out there, and the Bears just happen to have one of them. Maybe that's the thing. Trubisky-esque? Mm. Trubiskiness, Mitchness, Mitch-esque, Mitch love. I think there's maybe something with biscuit, you know. Biscuit, biscuit. What would just call him biscuit? Trubisky, I, biscuit. I like biscuit. Sounds good. Put the biscuit in the basket. That's what I always say when I'm watching. I mean, we don't, watching we don't, basketball we, games. We, we we don't have to name him, but I just feel like he needs. I yeah. want, I, I need something to orient towards right now because I, I I it just feels like you know I think maybe you know we're only two games into the season. Maybe a couple more games in, it'll really just there, call out to us. There. It, well, okay. Yeah. So call. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were going somewhere else. Like maybe you'll turn it around. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I was saying. No, uh, I don't think so. Um, but um, you know. Maybe uh, maybe a few more uh, a few more prayers in the right direction, and maybe he'll uh, he'll start finding some open receivers. And instead of him throwing it ten yards out of bounds, he maybe he could, he could throw it inbounds. 
That would be good. Yeah. I'm going to stick with I'm going to I'm actually going to stink stink biscuit alive. Okay. And I'm going to use Mitch cuz it is the frat guy. Mm-hmm. So for me going So you'd rather have Mitch than Mitchell? No, I wanted him to be Mitchell, but he's okay. but he's clearly Mitch and okay. and I think stink biscuits. But it, it used to be Trubinsky. Mm-hmm. Like professional people in this town called mm-hmm. him Trubinsky mm-hmm. over and over again. So that that I think people have actually realized that it's Trubisky and there's no N in there, mm-hmm. which is, you know, very Chicago Bears Saturday Night Live esque really? with the with the with the with the end. But so I I, I Mitch Stabins Stink Bisky Stink Bisky Stink Bisky Yeah, Mitch Stink Bisky seems rude and 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 perhaps it's rude. And, yeah yeah not nice at all. But no. I mean that's really uh, it, it's this is so Chicago Bears yeah. for our entire lives always. The wrong quarterback. Yep. Always the wrong quarterback. Yeah. Never, never. I mean, I, if you, I didn't, I haven't done the research, but if you could go back and all the drafts that they've had and all the quarterbacks that they've obviously missed out on, um, you know, it's the list has got to be long because they've never had a good quarterback. I mean, the, the, the best quarterback the Bears have had is Jay Cutler, right? Yeah, I wouldn't even say, I mean, I mean, that's even, right? Like, that's, I mean, you could say that. You, you could. And he was uh, terrible. But I, I mean, I, th- I th- honestly think the best quarterback the Bears ever had. Well, I would, I would say Jim McMahon that I've seen. But uh, realistically, you got Sid Luckman has won it four times in the forties. So you, you, you got to go with Sir Sid, who was a Jew, by the way. Oh, so there, then yeah, that's game set match right there. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky, Chase Daniel, Mike Glennon. These are the Bears quarterback. The court. Well, maybe Mike Glennon. He was terrible. Was oh my terrible. Goodness. Brian <laughs> Hoyer, Jimmy Clausen. Jay Cutler, Josh McCown, I love Josh McCown, Jason Campbell, Caleb Haney, Todd Collins, Rex Grossman, Kyle Orton, Brian Greasy, here's some doozies, in 2004, Craig Krenzel, Chad Hutchinson, Jonathan Quinn, 2003, this is unbelievable, (laughs) 2003, Cordell Stewart, 2002, Henry Burris, Jim Miller, Chris Chandler. Don't forget 2001, Shane Matthews. Don't forget 2000, Cade McCown, McNown, Cade McNown, McClown, McNown. And then let's go 898, Eric Kramer, Steve Stenstrom, Moses Moreno, Rick Meyer in 97, Dave Craig in 96, Steve Walsh in 94. How long have we we been doing this for? Peter Tom Willis, a long time. P.T. Willis, Will Fuhrer, I'll stop at the 90s. Jim Harbaugh. We're at Jim Harbaugh. That closes out. And Mike Tomczak got two starts in 1990. That takes you back to that decade. Thank you very much. Well, What an exercise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess my favorite one in there still has got to be Rex Grossman because I think he's closest to being a Jew. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is that be fair? I mean, we let him do a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. let him. You know, it's a strong word. Sure. Sure. But uh, yeah. Are, are the Bears gonna make the playoffs? Um, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna be a pessimist and say no. It's very Jewish. It's, <laughs> you know, we've had you know thousands of years of persecution. This is how I feel. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's a rough road, and the Broncos aren't not that good. You know, like yeah, they beat Joe Flacco. I mean. And 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 they and they Joe and they Stinko. were amazing. You know the defense was amazing in week one as well. But you know the offense, it's just it's hard to maintain that defense. You know every single week, and if the offense can't score ever, 
And if the Cubs are continually outscoring the outscoring the Bears, which they basically did this weekend, they did do um, this weekend. They did do this weekend. So if, if that's happening, then a the Cubs are going to win the World Series, and b um, I don't think the Bears have a good shot. You shed a tear when Anthony Rizzo blew out his ankle. I did. Uh, that was rough. Yeah. <laughs> that's rough. That's a rough way. Uh, that could be. I don't know if they, they haven't said anything yet, but that could be. Maybe like eight weeks. Could be a week and a half. You know. I mean, that's. It's not three days though. No. And, it's, and you it's, have t- you have yeah. About two weeks left. It's, yeah. it's, 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 not, it's good. not good. Ethan, good to see you. Always a pleasure, Carm. Bears win. Bears win. Stabansky. Always fun to talk to Carson Palmer, three-time Pro Bowler, Heisman Trophy winner, joining us working with FedEx. We'll get to that in a moment. And uh, Carson, everybody wants to know, or at least I want to know, would you want Antonio Brown on your football team? Ooh, man, that that's that's a loaded question. Obviously, with all the chaos that that and the baggage that comes with him, um, at the end of the day, he's still one of two or three receivers that can absolutely change a game. Um, he's he's as explosive as, as anybody in the league, and he's also as undisciplined as anybody in the league. So, um, if if you're starving, if I'm the New York Jets or Seattle Seahawks and you're starving for a clear-cut number one. Um, the Buffalo Bills, there's a handful of teams, but of all of all the teams to get them, the Patriots just makes the least amount of sense, in, in my opinion. Um, but he definitely comes with a lot of baggage, but he also brings a lot of production and touchdown catches and yards. See, I would say the Raiders were starving too, and it was a total disaster. Sometimes it's just not worth it. Yeah, and I, I think they that's exactly what they said and, and what they showed the world was, you know what, we've been dealing with this for a month. He can't get on the same page with anybody within our, our organization, so let him go. And and they did the right thing. They did the best thing for their team and for their organization. So you have to you have to tip your hat to that because not all teams would admit to the mistake that they that they admitted to. Teams just aren't GMs and, and owners just aren't comfortable making that that admission. They admitted it. They, they knew it from the jump, it, it seemed. Um, he was not a good fit. He was not a good fit there. Um, so, you know, it's unfortunate for the Raiders, but I, th- I think it also brought the Raiders together and, and made them come out on a Monday night football game when all you could talk about was Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams showed up and, and everybody on that team, on, on that defense, that, you know, that, that front five, their offensive line was great. They played lights out. They prove that they don't need A.B. to win, and, and uh, I think it was best for their team to, to head in the direction they're headed in. Do you think John Gruden's the right guy in Oakland? I do. I, I think Gruden's a great coach. Um, I'd love to play for him. You know, I, I think he he's always wanted to be there from, from the day he was traded to the Buccaneers uh, way back when. He just he fits that persona. Um, obviously, he's got a lot of respect for the tradition and, and everything that that organization's done throughout their existence. Uh, but I, I think he's a great coach. I have some buddies that played there and absolutely loved him and would, would run through a wall for him. So I've got a ton of respect for Coach Gruden. One, one more A-B question. I'm just curious your timeline. Because pretty much when he landed in the hot air balloon, Carson, I was saying, y- y- this is not going to go well. Just move on. Cut him. I know you lost a third and fifth round pick. What, did you? When did you get to the point where, you know, it's probably best for Oakland to move forward? You know, I, I kind of saw it working out early. You know, it seemed like he wanted to be a Raider. They seemed very, very happy to have him and excited to have him. But, you know, the, the hot air balloon, the frozen feet thing, the helmet issue, 
Um, he was doing everything he could to get out of there for some reason. You know, it, it didn't it didn't make a ton of sense, um, and it, it makes even less sense that he ends up going uh, from Pittsburgh to a place like to a place like Oakland, who's running old school West Coast offense, very disciplined system, um, very very unique routes that have to be run at certain certain depths at certain times, so that so that the receivers' routes time up with the quarterback's footwork. So that kind of threw me because he's a guy that just kind of shakes people and gets open, finds a way to get open. You know, figure out. He's supposed to run a slant, but the corner is really, really heavy inside leverage on him. So he just takes off and throws his hands up and goes deep. You know, he's always he's always been a guy that's kind of played by the seat of his pants. And then for him to go from from Pittsburgh, where he could do that and got away with doing it, had success doing it, to go to Oakland to that system, and now to be in New England, where everything's precision, everything is discipline. Um, it just doesn't. It still seems like an even more odd fit than it was for him to leave Pittsburgh to go to Oakland. Who did you play with, Carson, that maybe is somewhat like that or didn't know the plays? Hey, run a slant, run a drag, run a post that maybe was successful out there but really didn't exactly, wasn't precise as you're putting it. Uh, I played with some very unique characters. I played with T.O., I played with Chad Oshosinko. Um, but, you know, the one thing you can say about A.B. and T.O. and Oshosinko is those guys work. Those guys work really, really hard every day. I mean, I'll never forget the days Chad Round ran every route for the starting offense, and then when the starting defense went up and the scout team offense came out, he ran every route for the scout team offense. Um, so, I mean, AB's the same guy. He will run routes all day long. And then all of a sudden he showed up to camp this year and he had the foot issue, he had the helmet, he wasn't practicing, he wasn't in meetings, he wasn't around. So, I mean, that, that is a, that, that's a distraction. That, that is taking away and almost a slap in the face to all the guys that are there and working and grinding and, and a part of it. So he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's defined um, diva completely different than, than guys I played with. I mean, there were some diva type attitudes of guys I played with, but he, he's on a whole nother level. He's, he's blown that definition out of the water. Let, let's switch to uh, one of your former coaches, Bruce Arians, who's now trying to get things right in Tampa. Uh, What's Jameis dealing with with Bruce coming in, and do you see him, Bruce, being able to get Jameis to the next level where Tampa will actually be, perhaps consider signing him after the season? I, I don't know. I, I think the jury's still out on that one. Uh, I do know that, that Jameis is in the best hands he could possibly be in, being with, with Bruce, with Byron Leftwich as, as his offensive coordinator. Um, he's learning more football than he's probably ever learned in his entire life. Uh, he's He's... You know, those guys are on top of every single thing. Fundamentals, footwork, hand placement and play action, accuracy, where the ball needs to be thrown on certain routes. So he's being coached by the best. There's no doubt about that. Um, but the jury's still out. I mean, he's got to do it for 16 weeks. He hasn't done that yet. He's had moments of greatness. Uh, but he hasn't done it week in, week out for an entire season. And this is a great opportunity for him to prove his worth and get that long-term extension that he's looking for. But the, I, th- I think the Buccaneers are going about this the right way. They're going to let this year play out and see how 16 weeks of, of him under Bruce is going to go and, and then uh, figure out what their future holds, whether it's part you know having Jameis as a part of it or not. Carson, i got two more for you. Were, were the Cardinals right to give up on Josh Rosen for Kyler Murray? You know, I think they looked at Kyler as a once once in a lifetime type player. Um, very unique, very different. Um, 
you know, a skill set unlike any other, you know, unlike any other skill set that any other quarterbacks come out with or come out in, in the last, you know, 20, 30 years of the NFL draft. I mean, you, you just don't see a guy that is that quick, that has that kind of straight line speed, that can throw the ball that accurately, that can throw the ball with touch down the field, uh, that has velocity and has RPMs on his, you know, he, he's got an arm. He can absolutely flick it. And it's, his arm is very underrated, but all of that, you know, is tied into a five foot 11 package at best, maybe five foot nine, five foot 10. So it, he's very unique. And, and I think when you have a chance to draft a play, a player like that and change your organization for the next decade, uh, you, you got to take that risk. You got to take that opportunity. So you're not worried about his size. Oh, I'm definitely worried about his size. I, mean, I, I think the issue you saw was, you know, defense alignment, once he gets the top of his drop, they're going to stop rushing him. They're just going to jump and try to bat down balls. If you watch the game, he must have had five or six balls batted at the line of scrimmage where guys were open downfield. So that's going to be an issue. Um, I think that's part of the reason they brought in such a young guy in Cliff, uh, a young innovative guy in Cliff Kingsbury. You know, he, he's got to. He, they have to run that quick screen game. They have to get the ball out of his hands quick because if they just sit, you know, if they're going to sit back and take five step drops defensive linemen are not going to try to sack him he's really really difficult to get your hands on but he's really easy to sit at the line of scrimmage and as soon as you see his arms start to go defensive linemen are jumping and throwing their arms in there trying to bat balls at the line of scrimmage so you know I, I think it's really important over the next couple of weeks for the Arizona Cardinals to figure out you know how to how to improve the run game so that the defensive lineman can't do that and how to get the ball outside outside the hashes on both sides of the field where the defensive lineman can't be as much of a factor yeah it makes sense you got any interest in the uh, USC athletic director gig? I- I'm thinking, you know, maybe that could be a good career change for you. Or, or no, not not for me. Not at this time. I'm I'm happy what I'm doing. That's that's a lot of work. I don't want to work that much and, and that hard because there's a lot of things that need to be cleaned up there. And um, but I am excited and and um, you know being a, being away from from such a great university for a long time and um, seeing you know our university go through all this. You know, you got to you got to make some changes. You, you got to. Um, it seems like they're really kind of starting clean and, and, and cleaning house and um, trying to really move forward and, and bring back, um, you know, what made us see so great over the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. It's one of the greatest universities on the planet and um, they're, they're doing everything they can to, to get back to that. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see and sad to see from, you know, some, some personal close friends of mine that, that there's changes happening around. So, it's uh, it, it's tough to watch, but it's probably the right thing to do. Um, just really trying to trying to clean the slate and start over. 17th season of the Air and Ground program, which is providing support for the USO. You're working with FedEx, Carson. I know this means a ton to you. Uh, let's talk about what's going on this year. Yeah, so I'm I'm the spokesperson for the FedEx Air and Ground Players of the Year award, and each week fans can log on. You can log on and vote on NFL.com/FedEx. You can log on to Twitter page, uh, FedEx, and, and, and you can join the conversation at hashtag air and ground. Uh, it's, it's a great, great deal. Uh, FedEx is donating hundreds of thousands of dollars to our USO program, which helps our retired servicemen and women transition back into civilian life. So uh, it's a great cause. It's a ton of fun to watch. This week I'm voting for, for Dak Prescott, what he did in, in Dallas as the air player of the week. And I'm going to vote for Marlon Mack, what he did in Indy on the ground. 
Uh, it was spectacular. So it's great for uh, it's a great way for our fans to stay involved, and it's a great cause donating money and, and helping our retired servicemen and women. So um, log on NFL.com/slash/FedEx or uh, the NFL's Twitter page. Uh, vote for your favorite players. Voting's open today and closes Thursday for this week. That's exactly right. I was going to mention that opens on Tuesday, closes on Thursday, 3 Eastern. Carson, great to talk to you. They're mad at you in Dallas. You're telling Dak to take less money, but I thought that was a great point. Maybe he makes more in the long run. But uh, great to speak with you this morning, Carson. My final thoughts today are... About my guy, Kobe Bryant. Now, everybody knows, if you know me just a little, that I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan. And Kobe was always competition for Michael because he wanted to be like Michael. And one way in which Kobe was like Michael and still is, is Kobe's an incredibly compulsive, over-the-top competitor. Now, Kobe is coaching a girls basketball team and he put on Instagram this week here's the Instagram Kobe Bryant with 9,979 likes here's our fourth place quote winners picture lol six of the kids in the picture stayed with me and worked every single day to get better and continue to work to this day the seventh player not in pick missed this game for a dance recital. So that should tell you where her focus was at this time. From the original seven, we added a player two years younger, sixth grade now, so we're talking about sixth and seventh and eighth graders here, a player whose team in our area folded and a player whose family moved here from Tennessee. The beauty of coaching is growing the players from the ground up. That journey continues. Hashtag Mambas. Okay. There is a thing going on right now with parents and coaches that is similar to when I was growing up ages ago and to now, which is parents really want to win and get their kids a scholarship and be super competitive. Kobe, you got to know better, man. These kids, most of them, they're not going to go play college basketball someone might not play high school basketball they're certainly not going to play in the WNBA and if a kid is playing basketball and she's also going to a dance recital there's nothing wrong with that right let a kid be a kid let him go to dance recital and not get shamed by it on Instagram by one of the most popular basketball players of all time Can you imagine what's going on at school for that kid right now? Why'd you go to the dance recital? Kobe Bryant doesn't like you. Don't do that to a kid. And certainly understand your power if you're Kobe Bryant. I mean, just absolutely positively ridiculous. But let's boil this down again to a very me and you and parents out there. Let your kid be a kid, man. Let them do a variety of things. They don't need to focus just on soccer or just on basketball or just on dancing. Let them experience a lot of things, right? And then eventually they may pick one, but they certainly don't need to be picking it at 5th, 6th, 7th grade. I interviewed John McEnroe once. Incredibly successful, one of the greatest tennis players of all time. Hey, John, he would tell me. Parents come up to him all the time. What should I do with my kid if he wants to be a tennis player? 
McEnroe would say, let them play everything. And then the parent would say, well, but, but yeah, but doesn't he need to focus? No, I'm telling you, I played everything. Yeah, but, 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 okay, you just asked me and I told you, and now you still want to do your own thing. And you want your kid to be on the tennis court five hours a day, 10 hours a day, whatever it is, because you think that's what it takes for him to or her to make it to the highest level. Where in reality, you probably burn them out and then they're all sorts of messed up. Kobe Bryant, you're better than this. Let a kid go to a dance recital, and then you can coach them. They don't need to be at every practice or at every game. Kobe, you are better than that. Thank you for listening to On The Mark, which comes out every Monday afternoon. Subscribe, give a rating, and yes, we will be back here next week. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Thanks again for listening. time inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.